0: If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship and sex alchemist, Milica Jelanić.
1: Hello and welcome to The Pleasure Zone, sweet pleasure seekers. We're going to have a fun conversation tonight, as always. If you are brand new to this station, listen to anything on Inspired Choices Network, you're in for a treat with any one of our hosts. And I uh, totally invite you to go and check out inspiredchoicesnetwork.com and find all the great shows past, present, and some coming in the future as well, so you can get excited about what's coming up. So that includes my show as well. So I'm moving into close to be the sixth year of my show. I started July of 2014. So you can imagine there's quite a few shows that are now available in podcast, ranging in so many different topics from things like talking about changing abuse to ramping up pleasure to all kinds of different paraphilias. You name it, I've probably covered it. And if I haven't, I would love you to name it and let me know. So you can contact me on my website, milicajelenic.com. And to spell that, it's M-I-L-I-C-A-J-E-L-E-N-I-C.com. If you go over to the Inspired Choices Network uh, radio show, you can actually find my website right there. It's going to be under my show description. Under the Pleasure Zone, you'll find my links in there that you can easily click on. If you couldn't quite understand what I said... (laughs) Um, I love it. There's a there's a comment in the chat room that if somebody could actually name it, name my website, and spell it, great. There could be a contest for that, and I think you're right. Uh, most of the time, it's like, what is it? What did she say? So, <laughs> uh, that would be fun, actually. I wonder what you could win. Oh, yeah, we could have a contest for that, too, naming radio shows. I like it. So yes, if you don't have a topic that you would like me to talk about, maybe that's what I'll do. I'll create I'll create a little uh an option that you guys could send that in. That could be fun and the winners could get sessions with me. Woohoo. I'm writing that down as we speak. And uh radio show contest. Woohoo. I wonder what that's gonna show up like and be like, but Knowing me, it'll either show up this week or it'll take me months to figure that out. And that's just how I operate. (laughs) I'm very kind of bulimic that way. All or nothing. And tonight, I'm kind of talking about an all or nothing kind of topic as well. Fighting for and fighting against desire. It's pretty much an all or nothing topic. What brings me to this conversation today was just the idea that I see a lot of people All over social media these days, um, people who were friends even before all of this stuff going on with uh, the pandemic came up, people who were friends, and now people are fighting and unfriending each other, and people are having an interesting and crazy time. There isn't a lot of uh, space for each other's information, opinions, or anything like that. Now there's a lot of self-righteousness going on, so in this great time of pandemic, uh, which is, you know, right now, we're in the midst of it. It's May 2020. And for those of you who are listening to it, to this show uh, live, then you're actually getting the treat of hearing all about the current situation in the world. And those of you who are listening in podcast form, maybe by the time you find this show, you're actually going to be reminiscing, going, God, remember when? Remember when there was COVID? And remember what was going on in the world? Remember the pandemic? Remember how much fighting there was going on between people? Yeah. So we have fighting amongst people, you know, in relationships, there's lots of times where people have fighting that goes on. And there are lots of people who actually really enjoy fighting, and they kind of, they find it exciting, and they find it arousing. And they use it as a tool to maintain their relationship or relationships. You know, sometimes people fight with everybody they know, and that's how they maintain relationships. I say that because I know that um, I was raised (laughs) by somebody who does that. My father is king fighter. He would fight with anybody. And growing up, I, as a child, was very... uh, keen on fighting with anybody. I could argue anything. I would I would argue, you know, for the thoughts that I had and I would argue against them if somebody, you know, sided with me, I would find a way to argue out myself out of that too. So no matter what, I was constantly fighting for and fighting against different things. And I would say that it's taken me a number of years to be able to be more space where I don't fight as often. Though once in a while Certain things really get me, and I do find myself in fight mode. One of the things about fight mode is that it affects our bodies, for sure. And when we're in fight mode, no matter what we're doing, whether we're fighting for something or fighting against something, we're putting our adrenals on overload. And when we're on overload, we can't really have a lot of fun. So when your body is in fight mode, there's not a lot of sexy happening. When your body's in fight mode, there isn't a lot of pleasure happening because your body is trying to survive, so no matter what, if you're fighting for something or fighting against something, you're in survival mode when you're in survival mode there is i mean you can try and have pleasure in it, but you're gonna have less pleasure than if you're not in survival mode some um the question there's a question in the chat room of doesn't it feel good sometimes to fight and Yes, I suppose for some people it does. And for those of you who have been listening to my shows regularly, you might have uh, heard last week's show was we talked about conditioning. And if you've been conditioned to fight, and I mentioned this last uh, week as well, is if you're, if you're in a relationship mm-hmm. where you've been conditioned that if you have a fight and the fight equals something like, for example, makeup sex or a date or you get a gift or whatever, then fighting Gets you results that you're looking for. Fighting gets you rewards. So, if fighting gets you rewards, then fighting will be fun. And it it will still put you into, uh, you know, adrenal an adrenal pump. And there are other ways to have pleasure for sure. And there is also a lot to say about those of us and those of us in the world who enjoy. Uh, even um, domination play. So if you're if you enjoy that, you're putting your body into a position where it will um, get into the fight or flight mode because the play is often something that can be a little risky, a little dangerous sometimes. So in, if you are getting, for example, like beaten, your body might feel like it's in fight or flight mode, and because of the training the conditioning of the fight or flight. And in the instance of, like BDSM, we'll take the example of you getting spanked and then the reward is that your body feels a sense of pleasure with the spanking. Then, or you get some kind of uh, pleasure to your body after being spanked. Maybe you receive oral sex or something for receiving a spanking. Depends, there's so many ways to, to play with that. But if you do get a reward, after having a fight and in that case it's like arranged and playful because it's a bdsm style kind of fighting then you would end up feeling uh and becoming trained into that uh type of behavior repeatedly so feels good mm-hmm. going to do it because there is benefit to it as well so a lot of times the things that we fight for are things that we are gonna look for some kind of reward in. We're gonna look for a benefit of some kind. When you fight against something, again, you're usually looking for benefit. Most fights have you look for some kind of outcome or reward of some type. When we look at fights on a grander scale like war, there is also going to be an outcome that has a reward of some kind. If people are fighting wars over territory, then there's going to be a result that ends up with people, uh, you know, one nation over another, either giving up their land to one. So, the, the, you know, the country that gains land would be getting a reward, and the country that's losing land would get a reprimand, right? So, there's usually uh, something that goes on where the reward keeps the fighting going. Like, oh, we got some land, let's go for more land. Or it'll reverse, and the people who lost the land will fight back and try and get their land. For example, you know, and when you look at that, you can see how how that would have things perpetuate because we're always looking for the reward. And we can do that on a small scale, and we can do it on a grand scale. And so on the grand scale, we just interpret it as what occurs during war. And during war, there's so many other things like fighting over oil, and then somebody, you know, gets the oil rights, or oil fields, or a right to sell, or a right to distribute, right, whatever it happens to be. There is always a reward. Even if millions of people die during a war, to some people that is a reward. It depends on how much of a psychotic masochist you are. Um, then, you know, if you love uh, watching people suffer, then your reward is watching the suffering. And I have to say that probably a lot of uh, warmongers, warlords in the world are sadists, and they're probably masochists as well, but they're probably more sadists, and they really like to watch people suffer. So if that's the case, then their reward is creating a war where they can watch suffering, and then they get some kind of sick pleasure out of it. So we try and break that down because... I'm not trying to say that fighting for, or fighting against something is wrong, I'm just giving you an understanding of what occurs globally, what occurs in our bodies, and maybe to look at an option of, if we didn't have to fight for or against something, what would the world be like? What would then our bodies be like, what would our lives be like, and what would our interpersonal relationships be like? If you were ever in a relationship and you never had to fight, what would that be like? Would that give you a sense that, well, if I'm not fighting, then I'm not really standing up for what I desire? Or is it possible that you are at a place in your, you know, development and in your communication style that you're able to have a conversation without instigating and initiating fighting or perpetuating fighting? So, and that doesn't mean that one person is more highly evolved than another because We all have animalistic animalistic instincts to to, uh, fight for survival, Uh, although we are having less and less of that and we are moving more into uh, passive, becoming very passive-aggressive rather than fighting uh, for survival. And we've also walked away from a lot of our innate abilities. We just haven't had the opportunity... Especially coming from a first world nation, we'll say Canada's first world, we don't have a lot of reason to have to fight for survival, you know. Um, even though when I was little and I wasn't raised in absolute poverty because my mom always found a way to get food for us, there, there was though a sense of, that we always needed to look out for survival and that instinct hasn't gone away. I didn't have an instinct for necessarily like warfare as a child, although um, even growing up, there's fighting that goes on. I had a sibling, so we would fight and it was usually territorial. You're sitting on the sofa, somebody crosses that imaginary line and you have to fight for your territory and that territorial fight goes on. You know, we love territorial fights and we also love fighting for our beliefs and for what we feel is justice, and uh, we fight for a lot of things. We fight for our lives, and we fight to prove we exist. How many of you out there have spent the majority of your life just trying to prove you exist? What do I mean by that? Well, for any of you who have ever felt like you're not seen, or you're not heard, or you're not acknowledged, and you feel like you seem to go out of the way to be seen, heard, and acknowledged, Sweet, you're fighting for your to to you're fighting to acknowledge that you exist. And I want to let you know that you do exist. And one of the ways that you can confirm that is go look in a mirror and prove that to yourself that you actually exist. Well, this is coming to our first break, and this is a great time for you to head over to that mirror and go prove you exist. So so you're listening to the pleasure down here on Inspired Choices and Network. And we'll be right back with fighting for and fighting against our desires right after this commercial break.
0: Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Jelinic, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815 880 talk That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at milicajelanić.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we're talking about fighting for and fighting against our desires. We often have quite a few things that we're fighting against. It's kind of interesting when you start to think about it. I want to look at it from a broader perspective, though? So, let's look at it historically. What some people have had to fight, uh, fight for, or fight against. And I'm going to start with the fighting against because there are some things that are jumping to my mind that seem to be the most prevalent and obvious and I look at historically what uh what was going on for people who who were not identifying themselves as heterosexual so every other uh, every other we'll call it uh, every other person or every other sexual identity in the world. Was considered an abnormality, and even the DSM, I uh, believe the DSM-3, so the diagnostic, uh, the diagnostic manual for, for psychologists and psychiatrists, indicated until I think it was the early 90s or late 80s that homosexuality was actually considered a perversion. It was considered a mental illness, and that's less than 40 years ago, you know. We're talking like 35 years ago, you know, maybe 40 years ago, homosexuality was considered a mental illness. That's kind of mind-boggling and baffling. And then you think about the people who, in that time and prior to that, lived in their lives knowing that they were attracted to somebody of the same sex or they had a desire to dress in um, clothing of what would be considered the other gender, or they were intersex or they had no desire whatsoever, and they were more they were more asexual you know there's a lot of of uh, different ways to be in the world with your sexuality and with the, with what your experiences are for pleasure that were considered things that were very wrong and uh, actually you could have ended up in jail for, or you could have ended up in a mental institute for, you could have been castrated for, or even killed. And still to this day, there are countries where people are killed for, for identifying as homosexual and other things that would be like transgender, uh et cetera. So there is this... Uh, to me this thing that a lot of people had to do was fight against their instincts. In my family, I have my father has a cousin and so my father's cousin would be in his 70s now. Very handsome gentleman who lived his life as pretty much a bachelor and This fellow, when I met him when I was six years old, my instinct was, this man's gay. Why did I know that as a six-year-old was because my mom had many gay friends that were gay men and some gay women friends as well. She had some lesbian friends and gay male friends, and um, some of her gay male friends also had the occasional time of being transgender, and she had a friend who was transgender. And so we had... A pretty um open life, and we had you know my mom had friends of all races. uh you can imagine, I very rarely knew of people who were straight and white that was That was a weird reality for me, even though my mother is Caucasian, and I did not grow up in a reality where everybody was supposed to be Caucasian and heterosexual until I walked into my dad's door of life. Um, and they separated when I was four, and so my dad's reality was very different than my mother's. And in my dad's reality, homosexuality was not only a sin, but in my dad's eyes, you were supposed to, as he said, quote, hang yourself up by your neck. And so at the age of six, when I said to my dad, your cousin's gay, my dad went ballistic, just tried to tear me a new one. And I couldn't understand why he was so mad at me for pointing out what I thought was the obvious. So fast forward 19 years and I go to Europe and I end up having lunch with his cousin who is now even more evidently homosexual to me than ever before. And I felt, you know, at this age, I can maybe have an open conversation with this person. And I didn't ask him straight out if he was gay, although that was something that I probably would have done at that time. I've learned to have a little more discretion, but um, not much more, honestly. So I was at lunch with this gentleman, and I was amazed about how much energetically I could observe in him how much he had to withhold in his life. And when I um, saw my dad later, not then, not that day, um, when I went back to Canada and saw my dad, I asked him why his why his cousin had you know why his cousin uh, was single. And then my dad said, "Well, he has women sometimes in his life." I said, "Oh, okay, that's an interesting take, I said, so "Do you do you uh, know that your your cousin is gay?" So I brought it up again. You know, 19 years later, figuring why not? Now's a good time. And plus, I really, really loved to poke the bear with my dad, like anything that would get him going. And thinking that anybody in his family was gay would just get his goat and he would just go just livid, just so angry. Um, So, you know, every once in a while, I should poke him and see how he would respond. And his response at the age of 25 to me, so when I was 25, was to tell me that, no, his cousin is not gay his cousin was able to to make sure that he stopped himself from having those feelings and that made me so sad at the age of you know when here I am 25 I'm living in you know Canada it's you know the year 2000 and I'm feeling like we're pretty lucky because we're pretty liberated and I had a lot of friends from many different walks of life And the freedom that they had to choose that and what my second cousin, I suppose, my dad's cousin lived through to feel like he had to repress that his entire life. And so he's still alive. I I believe he's still alive. The last I heard from my dad and still to this day denies uh, any of his feelings. He he was, He did tell my dad, though, um, I guess after I, I had said something about him being gay when I was six, he had this conversation with my dad, which is why my dad knew that he repressed it. And he said to my dad that he did have feelings for men, but it was something he prayed about all the time, and, and he tried very hard to not have, and he tried to avoid. So um, I can't even imagine what that would be like for him to have had to you know fake uh relationships with women his whole life and try and make that okay and you know he's one among many million who have had to do that so that's for the fighting against fighting against your natural inclinations has got to be hard and the amount of energy that would have to go into the stories that you would have to weave so that you could hide your truth. Just exhausting. And also, the amount of energy that you would have to use to just be faking a relationship with somebody whose gender is not your favorite has got to be hard. So for those of you who are listening and if you identify as heterosexual, then you can imagine that it would be just as difficult for you, identifying as heterosexual, to be with somebody of the same sex. Just as hard for somebody of the same sex to feel that they have to be sort of uh, coerced or, uh, you know, cultural culture demands that you are with somebody of the opposite or other sex. That's just tragic to me. So there are a few other examples of where we have to fight against our desires that have been, I guess we could say, forced. I'm going to call it forced because those incidents of uh, homosexual people having to hide their identity and hide their desires, that was forced. That was forced by religion and forced by society, forced by um, the rules, you know, so there wasn't freedom in that at all. And for those of you who are listening who are younger and, you know, under 25 and you take for granted the liberties that we have, the choices that we have, just every once in a while, it's really good to look back at history, to look back at what people who were in our shoes had to choose, had to fight for, just even the freedom to love whoever you want to love and fighting for whoever you want to love, and then sometimes having to fight against your own urges. A lot of times those fighting for and fighting against go hand in hand. There's something to consider on the fighting against side as well. Is that can also be like a denial phase as well. So if you have been fighting against certain urges in your life, like my my uh, father's cousin who had to fight against his desires uh, about men, towards men. Uh, You know, there's usually something that becomes repressed and hidden, and this is where we end up with phobias, like homophobia. And truly, a lot of times, when you look at people who are self-proclaimed homophobic, or, you know, they cringe at the thought of, Any kind of uh, same-sex activity, there's usually something that's underlying that has not been resolved or received about themselves. And I've known, I've known this to be true, that this is changeable. I've known this to be true that when you stop denying yourself, when you stop fighting against your desires, your world can open up. When you stop fighting against what truly turns you on, you can have a really delightful life. So, for example, if you're somebody who's been fighting against, you know, like, oh, you know, anal sex is disgusting, and any men who have anal sex, that's just gross. But then if you look at underlying, like, what is really going on there is some kind of really deep desire to experiment but are too afraid to ask. And then that big ass comes out and you get to experience it. And your whole life just explodes with like amazingness. That's what I want you to look at during this next commercial break. Or what are some of the things that you are so adamantly fighting against uh, that you think are just absolutely disgusting? And what is underlying them? Is it something that you really truly just like? yeah, that's not my thing. Or is it really like, is there a charge? Is there something there that you're in denial of and that you're willing to maybe now crack the door open a little bit and see what else can come out of it? Explore that. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network and we'll be right back after this commercial.
0: Are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time? for a totally different sexual evolution. Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
2: Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose?
0: this is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Militsa Yanimich. To participate in the program today from the US, call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at com, or send your questions or comments via email to info at com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we are having a conversation about fighting for and fighting against our desires. Just Before the last commercial, I was talking about fighting against and all the different Ways we, not all the different ways, but I pointed out some of the ways that we fight against our desires. What are some of the ways that we fight for them? Well, sometimes our desires, we're going to bring this one into the bedroom. Some people, when they're fighting for their desires in the bedroom, can it can actually become aggressive and it can become um, a bit of a bullying. So I'm looking at like what. What ways of communication are way more effective than bullying to get to get and have some of the desires you would like to be fulfilled, especially when it comes to pleasure in the bedroom? And what conversations are you not having that would have you feel like your back is up against the wall so much that you would have to bully? And that's a kind of a a place to start. And there are different ways we can do this. And we can do bullying insidiously. We can do it by like withholding, can do bullying by, you know, belittling. We can do belittling you know, we can do bullying by many means. Um, So I invite you to look at if you've ever felt bullied in the bedroom, if you've ever felt like somebody was fighting, fighting so strongly for some of their desires that you weren't even included in it. Um, I bring this up because I've had these conversations this week with clients about um, desires and how they felt like they weren't even included in their own sex lives. Well, is not that interesting to be in a relationship but you're actually not even included in your own sex life. You're just kind of like a receptacle. Just a receptacle there to, you know, somebody to jerk off into or whatever. So that would be one of those fighting for in a way that can be detrimental to a relationship. There can also be looking at what you truly desire and then standing up for your desires, which is a little different. And how do we know what's what and how do we know how to navigate this? It seems so complicated and how do you even have a conversation about it? Well, the truth is a lot of us aren't even having these conversations with ourselves. So let's start with that. And you can make a very simple list. You can make on your list, you can put two columns, what am I fighting for, for my desires, or what am I fighting against for my desires. So those are sometimes things that we want, but we're avoiding fighting against them. Like sometimes you can be fighting against what your partner's request. Maybe your partner is like, I'd really love to give, really like to lick your bum hole or, you know, analingus, really like to experience analingus with you. And you're like, ah, no. And you're running like crazy, but you haven't stopped long enough to see like, actually is it as bad as I've made it out to be in my head? You know, am I going to be that, you know, grossed out or whatever? So, A lot of times we make these stories in our heads which makes us want to fight against something as well. And for the requests that your partner puts out to you, just if you're not ready to say yes for sure and you're not ready to say no, no way, the chances are you're pretty willing and you're pretty open to negotiation. And you can just stop and say, you know what, let me think about it. Let me think about it is one of those great terms that can allow you the space to choose and it can allow your partner uh the knowing that they're being heard let me think about it and while you're thinking about it you can create this list and part of that list on that list is what am I fighting for one column what am I fighting against the other column What am I fighting for? I'm fighting for attention. I'm fighting for being heard. I'm fighting for being seen. I'm fighting for being desired. I'm fighting for being lusted after. I'm fighting for oral sex on a regular basis. I'm fighting for dancing. I'm fighting for, you might find a whole lot of things that you feel like you're willing to fight for or that you're struggling with and you're fighting yourself on. Because you don't want to, like, if you feel like if you're going to bring it up to your partner, it's going to just create a problem. The thing is, you haven't really brought it up to yourself. It's still digesting somewhere inside of you. And it's a part of you that you're just having a little conflict digesting. So bring it up. Become aware of it. See what you can do with it. The beautiful thing about these lists is that they can be something that, you can use to either develop a different conversation with. You can just use it for your own awareness. You can burn it once it's out of your system. That it can just help you to get some ideas out. And you can also use it for a way of communication, if I didn't mention that one yet. But you can use it as a form of communication. So if you make your list and your partner makes their list, you can start to look at, where you're feeling you have this um, disharmony going on, where all these fights are coming from. Especially if you're a couple who fights all the time, knowing why you're fighting can be really helpful. Knowing why your partner's fighting can be really helpful. Instead of having that same old conversation over and over again where you're like, oh my god, here we go again. I've got to tell them again how They're not doing A, B, or C, or D, or blah, blah, blah. And if you look at your list and you're like, I feel like I'm fighting for A, B, C, or D. I'm fighting to get the laundry out. I'm fighting to blah, 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 whatever it is. Once you know what you're fighting for, you can actually change it. But a lot of times there's just fights and they become chaotic and they take over your sanity and space and... It just gets messy. So what are you fighting for, really? And a lot of times when you make this list, too, you might kind of laugh at yourself a bit because you might look at that list and go, wow, I was fighting about cookies, really? Like when it really came down to it, I was fighting because I didn't want to share my cookies. What's that all about? So fights do show up, and some people deny the fights, too, you know they'll they're not even willing to acknowledge that um there's an energy of fight in the air, and uh I won't name names, but I might be married to one of those but <laughs> there's uh there can be fight in the air that there's like total on fighting against the fight doesn't that get crazy, and a lot of people who are afraid of having communications because to them every communication equals a fight. Uh, if you're if you're fighting against fighting, you're having quite that conundrum going on and it's kind of like a tumbleweed of insanity happening. So fighting against fighting can be a whole other category of crazy. But let's break it down though and still maintain that there is things that you're fighting for and things you're fighting against. And the more clear you are about what they are, the better chance you have at starting to change them. So if you do have a partner and you do look at these lists, you might find out that you're actually both fighting for the same thing. Maybe you're both fighting to have this relationship work. Maybe you're both fighting to have fun. And your ideas of fun are completely different. The thing is, when you have this list, you can start to dive into these topics more. So it's like if you're fighting to have peace, and your partner says they're fighting to have peace, isn't that that is such an ironic term, uh, terminology? Fighting for the peace, right? But if you are doing that, or you're fighting to, you know, try and make something happen, I'm fighting for, our you know for our lives. I can't even like think of like so many, there's so many reasons why people do fight. And so when you really get down to it, fighting for choice as well. So when I look at fights that I've witnessed uh, or been part of, it's like fighting for choice, fighting to be heard, fighting to feel powerful. Uh, all of those were relevant. And they were never really clear about what any of that really meant. So fighting to be heard, well, what does that mean to you? Then you can start to dive into, what does that actually mean to you? Does it mean to you to be fighting to be heard? If you were being heard, what would that be like? What description would that be? Would that mean that the person sits down and you have a conversation and you look at each other face to face? There's no technology interfering and no TV on and nobody with a book in their hands or a laptop in their hands or whatever. And you're present and you're discussing things and you're looking at each other. Would that be an example there? Fighting to be heard, you know? Fighting to be, you know, fighting to be heard and seen, right? Fighting for your freedom, you know? If you explain, like, what do you think your freedom is? So maybe it's to be able to choose to buy whatever you want whenever you want, to travel whenever you like with whoever you want to travel with or traveling by yourself or whatever. Go wherever you want when you feel like it without having to explain to your partner. If you're fighting for freedom like that and you talk about that with your partner and they're like, well, yeah, no, no, no. It depends. If you're with a narcissist or a psychopath, they'll just deny it. So so then you'll start to know that you're just with a narcissistic psychopath. And that's cool. And then you can walk away from the narcissistic psychopath. But in the meantime, if your partner isn't a narcissistic psychopath, then you can start to have a conversation about what, what does your sense of freedom mean to you and why it's so valuable to you. And your partner might have the same feeling. But until you have that conversation or that communication, which doesn't mean you have to talk. It means you can write it too, if that's easier for you. You can write it, and you can then have a form of communication going on that will be able to resolve whatever this fight is about. Fights, conflicts, whatever you want to call them, create a lot of tension and stress. And when there's tension and stress, bodies cannot what? That's right, bodies cannot have as much pleasure as possible. They might have a little, but I guarantee you, without that energy present, there's going to be a hell of a lot more pleasure going on. And that's what I'm willing to invite you to. So for those of you who are listening, if you've got a minute, get out that paper, start making your list, put it on a note on your, on your cell phone start creating your list. What am I fighting for? What am I fighting against? What on earth is going on in your relationship that you keep on having fights to try and maintain it or not maintain it? What is that? So, lots going on there. So, you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial.
0: You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
2: Interested in masturbating for money? copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Elenich, is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class Take a peek at www.MilicaJelanić.com.
0: This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspired choices network.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back to the pleasure zone, sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we're talking about fighting for and fighting against our desires? And what are your desires? That's good to know first. What are your desires? And are you fighting for them? Are you fighting against them? And what if you didn't have to do either? That's the big question of the hour. If you didn't have to fight for or against your desires, would you even have desires? Or are they desires because you're fighting for them? Are they desires because you're fighting against having them, you know, because you're trying to repress them? What happens when you're not fighting for or fighting against a desire, does it go away? Does a desire need the energy of fighting for it? Does a desire need the energy of fighting against it in order to maintain that energy that we call desire? Like desire has some fire in it, and so does fighting. And how do we have that? How do we how do we still have a sort of what we might call a an exciting life and fiery uh, fiery what people call passion, I don't call it passion, but the fiery, lusty nature, how do we have that when there's no fight in us, and there's just peace and ease like, what I know about that is that the, being like very peaceful and having I guess you could say, like, a sense of space and floatiness in your body can be incredibly erotic. So, if we're looking at it from a sexual standpoint, for those of you who love the fight because it gets you some great sex, or you like having a power dynamic in your sex life, I just want to set out the challenge for you to look at what it would be like to change that dynamic and how much more you could receive from your partner, your partner could receive from you, if you gave up the fight. What? And if you gave up the fight, what would also exist? Would you even have a relationship? What? Yeah, some of you, I guarantee you, would not have relationships if you gave up the fight. And that's okay. And if you're fighting because you're fighting to maintain a relationship, even though the relationship is all about fighting, that's okay, too, because that's currently what works for you. And when it stops working for you, you'll stop choosing it. That's pretty much how it goes. And when it stops working for you and you don't stop choosing it, it could be because you've been so conditioned to think that this is the norm that you don't know how to get out. And that's when it's a great time to give me a call we can get through that and actions that have had you be conditioned into loving fighting and feeling like that's the norm and thinking that that's, you know, the height of relationship. When there is something beyond that, I'm telling you that because I know that. I'm telling you that because most of my life, most relationships I chose had a foundation in fighting, whether it was, fighting for my choices or fighting against a person because ultimately maybe I didn't really want to be with them. Whatever it was, I, like I said, since childhood, I am an amazing instigator of fighting. I would argue with myself and argue against myself any day. And it's taken me a few years, a lot of different things uh, that I've learned to figure out what is really worth fighting for. And also took the experience of having a baron at me to really look at, is anything really worth fighting for? <laughs> because it was during a fight, an argument, which wasn't even a fight. Like, I don't think I've truly had... I haven't had even... Um, I haven't had, like, the kind of fights I used to have with my husband. I haven't had fights uh, with him in the way that I've had with past relationships that uh, were a daily daily fight. Um, and, and the people that I was in those relationships with valued fighting so much, valued fighting so much to the point where they were martial arts instructor, one of them and another one um, just really loved fighting. Oh, actually, one of them was uh, also to do with the army. But the people that I probably fought the most with really valued fighting and found a lot of uh, joy in it and pleasure in it. And they also were uh, pretty narcissistic and pretty, mm, well, I can't say for sure, but manipulative assholes. We'll just go with a general term there. So (laughs) I can't say for sure because I didn't get them diagnosed. But that's there. And when you look at, you know, if you're in a relationship and the person's always fighting with you and you want out, and you feel like you can't get out, the chances are you're with probably a sociopath or you know, somebody who's a narcissist or um, somebody who's a little psychotic. And that's a great time to also call for help or message. And if if you happen to be with somebody and you're afraid and don't know how to get out, absolutely. I put this message out on Facebook. Message me on Facebook. Find me on Facebook, Melita Jelenic. Send me a message to say, I'd really like to try out your skin line, skincare line. I don't sell a skincare line, so I'll know that you're looking for help. And um, then I'll know to check in on you, all right? So that's my promise to you who have been sitting through fighting a lot. And um, if you have been sitting through fighting a lot and you want to stop that and you want to change that pattern, absolutely get a hold of me at Milica milicajelenic.com ccom I look forward to seeing you guys next week stay tuned in and turned on
0: thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic